0: friends on this episode we discuss begin again again by eve dangerfield this is the first book we've recapped that explicitly exists in a post or let's be honest during covid world the pandemic looms pretty large over the story of a recently sober former podcaster who falls for a one-time professional athlete and yet this is one of the sexiest books we've read this year while being relatable and beautifully optimistic spoilers ahead Hi, Meg.
1: Hey, Liz. How are are you? you?
0: I'm good. We were just
1: talking about Meg's glorious hair. Yeah, it's really doing something. (laughs) You got like a, like kind of a shag haircut. Yes, I got a shag haircut. And so now when I wake up in the morning, I either look like Dog the Bounty Hunter or uh, David Bowie's character in Labyrinth. I'm rolling and, my eyes right now. <laughs> Actually, Mr. Meg is just outside the window looking at me. He points to his head and gives me the thumbs up. because he's, <laughs> he's seeing this right now. I think you're right that right
0: now with the headphones on, it's giving bump it. It is giving bump
1: it. <laughs> but you know, otherwise it it's glorious. Thank you. Thank you're you. I, I also got a flu shot today. So i nice. it's just an all around winning, winning day for me. At least the flu
0: shot isn't as, it's not going to throw you on your ass the way that the second shot of the COVID vaccine did, at least for me.
1: Yeah. I didn't really have any bad side effects from it, but I mean, I've never had a problem with the flu shot, except that maybe my arm's a little sore, mm-hmm. like when I lift it up, but go get all your myself, shots, people. I'm gonna tell myself it's because we got a rowing machine, and I'm just getting so swollen. That's why my arms. You
0: is. probably are. My mm. legs persistently hurt.
1: Yeah, you exercise a lot more than me, though.
0: That's that's definitely a fact. Starting an exercise routine is a really great way to start a new chapter mm-hmm. in your life after a difficult time when you feel like you need to begin again, again. Mm. Ah, oh, you're so good with the segues. <laughs> <laughs> so, we are recapping Begin Again Again by Eve Dangerfield who was kind enough to send us review copies. Thank hey, hey, you, Eve. And I love the book. I loved it a lot and it's um it's set I guess there's been kind of a device divided reaction to it because Mm It's set post-COVID lockdown, so it is, like, COVID-centric, like, the reality of life in the early days after quarantine before Melbourne went back into lockdown.
1: So Uh, uh, can I just make sure I understand what the backlash is, like, that people are saying it should not mention COVID because it's supposed to be an escape? I think so. I think that that's
0: what some people have reacted to not liking having like a covid centric romance but like to me it kind of makes sense that that would come up
1: for sure i mean it's like i don't know if i'd necessarily want to read one that is taking place during lockdown i mean i Mm -hmm. could get into some forced proximity but like it's something that we've all gone through at this point and are traumatized Mm -hmm. by so we're all gonna have to reckon with it
0: I yeah mean, i don't it see a problem with it it does seem like any negative feedback that i'm reading on goodreads has to do with people not wanting to deal with covid talk but you know
1: well then read
0: something else <laughs> i
1: i mean like she's
0: not hiding what the book is about but yeah. i guess eve dangerfield had been on hiatus for a while so this was the first book that she put out in some time and people were excited but some people weren't into the COVID side. I loved it because it felt, I I could relate to it on so many levels. Same. Yeah.
1: Mm I, I mean, I, I was worried that I would feel cringy about the COVID aspect just because I'm personally so like fucking done with it, but Mm -hmm. I, I loved it too. I mean, I expected, (laughs) I mean, you know, this, we were trying to schedule this recording. And I thought it was going to take me quite a bit longer to get through it. And I really enjoyed it.
0: Remember during the mangoes and mistletoe episode last year, where you said that there were points that you felt like that you were reading something that I had written under a pseudonym. Yeah. And I was like, I don't know that I get that. I feel that way about this book. That I feel you're like this is your a, own. Yes. I feel like this is the kind of thing that I would write i mean and not just because my book that is forever in revision has a sober heroine Mm
1: -hmm. which i haven't
0: read a lot of them in um a duke by default there was a sober heroine but i think she's the only other one who i've read but also the fact that it's very current events and lots of pop culture references and yes uh the way that beth and Byron like live in a world with lots of social media and it's mentioned it's very present right and and the crassness like there are some we'll get into it when we talk about things that we love but I highlighted so much in this book and there are some things that it's like this would a hundred percent come out of my mouth
1: (laughs) yeah there were a lot of things about it that I found just incredibly relatable Mm I was like damn is it me
0: So quick synopsis, this book is set in Australia and it follows Beth, who is a New Zealand transplant who moved to Australia and she wanted a fresh start. She quit drinking. She left this podcast that she had been on with her best friend, which had been very successful uh, because of creative differences and (laughs) creative differences that ended their friendship or at least put a big pause on it. And she, and and, you know, as soon as she's trying to get a new start, COVID happens and yeah. And she goes into lockdown and she's living in a room in her friend's house. Her friend is married with a baby. So it's very much like she's quarantined with a family and it's like, am I wearing out my welcome? She doesn't like really get on with the husband. Like he's fine, but they're not like buds or anything. Yeah. And she just really, 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 really wants to get some dick. <laughs> really badly. Yeah, she does. She's like, they're, they're letting me out of the house. I need to get laid. And, <laughs> and when the book starts, she's driving around and she catcalls this guy. And she's like, you're fucking gorgeous. Which again is something that would and has come out of my mouth. <laughs> And I highlighted
1: this line where she's like, do you think sexually harassing someone is a sign of COVID? <laughs> it might be. Um, I don't know. This is making me think of, I was telling um, my therapist about <laughs> people's tweets about uh, sleep paralysis and their sleep paralysis demon. Mm-hmm. And people in the, the depths of lockdown' like trying to summon their sleep paralysis demons so that they could feel the touch of another person. <laughs> I, I don't think I have a sleep
0: paralysis demon. What I have is that sometimes I am falling.
1: Yeah, I, I get that where I like I either have the sensation that I'm falling or my whole body just like jerks. Mm-hmm. but I, I don't think I've ever actually experienced sleep paralysis like properly. I also
0: legit yell in my sleep.
1: Yes, you do. <laughs> wait, I didn't do that in New York. Did I, you were speaking at full volume and are I you fucking kidding <laughs> me? <laughs> Why you wait,
0: wait, wait, what, what did I say? Do we need to stop the recording for this? Do I, I don't know what you said. I think
1: no, I think it was, like, gibberish but I, and if you had, like, I was not with it enough to understand what you were saying, but I was terrified. Oh my gosh, <laughs> I am so sorry. I, see,
0: I don't know that the talking in my sleep happens very often, but the yelling in my sleep happens enough.
1: So are you yelling things, or are you, like, screaming?
0: I'm yelling.
1: Yeah, I'm yelling.
0: <laughs> I'm yelling. I'm angry. I'm furious. I'm having words (laughs) with people. Sometimes I remember who I'm having words with. Other times I have no idea. And I'm just like yelling and suddenly I'm awake and I'm like, fuck, I'm going to hear about this for the next three (laughs) days. (laughs) Anyway. So Beth just wants the touch of her sleep paralysis demon, but Mm -hmm. luckily she catcalls this guy who is really hot and he's into it and they make plans to go out that night and he doesn't write down her phone number. He just memorizes it. And she's like, you're not, you're not going to remember that. You're not going to show up. And he's like, yeah, what What was that about? I have no idea. It felt like it felt like Byron just constantly wanted to show off how great he was. Yeah. Or and how like smart he was. subdue her expectations and just like make yeah. her uncomfortable. Like not answer her questions, ask her questions mm-hmm. to put her back on her heels. Um, make her worry like, wait, he didn't write down my number. Is he going to show up or not? Just, you know feel like he did things to intentionally keep her off
1: balance. It's a little
0: bit of a contrarian. Mm Mm-hmm. He actually does show up. And since she's newly sober, she's ordering non-alcoholic beers. And he shows up and he's already lit. Uh He's already lit. And they have this conversation that to me, like, she thought that he was so smart. But, like, yeah, I feel like he wasn't
1: giving much in the conversation was that the only one who had that feeling no and i know it was like sort of his intentional way of wanting to hold all the cards to Mm an extent like only asking questions not answering them but like one of the things that impressed her so much was that he knew (laughs) knew that auburn was a color and i'm like wow the bar is on the ground the bar is
0: below sea level (laughs) it's at the bottom of the ocean yeah. So he, she she ends up, you know, crawling into his lap in the restaurant. They're like, let's get out of here. They go to his place. He lives in a mansion. She's like, oh, that's interesting. Does he live with his parents? He does not live with his parents. So mm-hmm. like, she doesn't know where all this money comes from because he, as far as she knows, he's an electrician.
1: Yeah. And she's not from money either. Mm-mm. So they have drinks
0: and the- back patio he asked her what she wants to drink she's like this is weird but can I have some tea because she still hasn't told him I don't drink she's just trying to not drink and not make a big thing of it
1: but it's supposed to be like a one night stand booty call thing yeah so she doesn't want to do the whole
0: thing about like talking about like no I'm not an alcoholic but I stopped drinking because of xyz and get into all this traumatic bullshit so Mm -hmm. she just wants to get it in correct yes so they start to get it on and then she has to go and pee because the non-alcoholic beers just went right through her Mm -hmm. and she comes back and this motherfucker is falling asleep and she's like the old Beth would probably stay Mm -hmm. and have like the awkward morning and like try to get him to take me to breakfast or some shit but in hopes
1: that they'll wake up later and then she can get it in Mm -hmm. but she's like no I just don't want
0: to waste my time with this so she sends him a text message and she leaves and he then shows up at her like touch football Mm -hmm. touch rugby some sport game I think it's rugby yeah um instead of texting because he felt like he text he wanted to text her but he thought that it all sounded really stupid or something
1: well it's like i want to say 2 or 3 days later so she sent him that one text as she was leaving um that was like basically cool like no hard feelings like we can hang out again if you want and uh he I think the text
0: was more like no hard feelings it was a fun night
1: yeah yeah but I think she did kind of expect him to reply. Mm-hmm. If he was going to, he, he workshopped a few different texts and then he was meaning to send one, but then after work he oh. saw it didn't send. So instead of just sending it then, he decided to not and just show up in person not her at her game. You're in not making way. a good first impression
0: on me, Byron.
1: No. Mm-mm. No. But he shows
0: up without texting first at mm-hmm. her game where this other guys flirting with her and where she's making friends and she's she gets in the whole like oh I don't drink thing when they try to invite her out and Byron shows up and he's like oh we've got plans we have dinner reservations mm-hmm. like very presumptuous of you sir. and like
1: hanging on her a little yeah. bit and there's like a bit of a dick measuring contest I I highlighted this other line where he's making fun of Josh, her other potential love interest, who goes, Who's a big man? Who wants to show the pretty girl his big muscles? (laughs) With the extra W's in there, by the way.
0: (laughs) And they, do they go to the dinner? Do they go? I read this like a month ago. You got to help me out, Meg.
1: (laughs) I I went went back to try. Okay. Because I think they're they're talking afterwards and she's like, what the fuck was that? This like faux boyfriend act acting like we're together. I've seen Mm -hmm. you one time. And then um, she ends up going up like, she runs to practice and then she ends up running home from pra- oh wait, no, I think they make out mm-hmm. against like a building.
0: And then like he wants to go into the building. She's like, I'm not going to fuck you in some like sports complex facility.
1: Yeah, yeah. So like, let me know what you want here. And uh she like throws the gauntlet in the sense and then she she runs back home.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: So, so she's sporty. This goes on for Oh,
0: wild that they have these sort of false start states mm-hmm. that like they kind of hook up, they kind of don't hook up. They don't finally have sex until they go to a billabong I had to look that up, by the way. They um Eve Dangerfield was talking about it in a live with Andy J. Christopher about what it is. So it's mm-hmm. basically like a lake, right? So yeah. they go to this lake and they have sex on the rocks, and it's very private and beautiful and everything that she could have possibly imagined. And then they get in the car
1: and his... Wow. his making, I to have <laughs> diarrhea just thinking about this. <laughs> okay, so his phone
0: plays text messages, dictates text messages through his car speakers. Yeah. And he gets one when they get into the car after they just had sex for the first time from someone saved in his phone as... Baby. Ugh. Ugh. And then she, what is the I, the, I blocked it out, but it
1: was like, I miss you kind of. Yeah. Yeah. It was like, it was an I miss you thing. Mm-hmm. And then it, and that's like the end of the chapter. Mm-hmm. And so then the next chapter is, I want to say like a week ish later or five days ish later. And they've been hooking up. Yeah. I guess Beth decided to like not have a reaction. To yeah. That you let it go, uh huh, until it happens again
0: in the middle of him. Like,
1: I see, the hand, <laughs> the
0: hand motions you're doing. So, you know, he's got her on all fours, he's hitting it from the back. And I, this guy must just have speakers in every
1: room of the house. Yeah, he, I mean, he is listening to music a lot, but I'm like, my man. Why do you want this like text to speech function turned on? on There are are a few things that should have
0: happened. Number one, first, you change that bitch's name in your phone. Why is she still saved as baby?
1: Yeah, I hate that. No, no. (laughs) Second, you
0: disable that text to speech feature so quickly. Like you stop the car. You're like, I'm going to redo all my settings right now this will never yes. happen again and I wanted to see the grovel I wanted to see yeah. him
1: grovel. like I am so sorry I think that he just like scrambles and turns it off and then they just don't speak of it <laughs> which is like what I hate it I hate it <laughs> okay I hate it but I still have tender heart feelings for Byron. I know me too. Cause I'm a dumb bitch. Yeah. Yeah. She, she, she describes his cunty boy logic a lot. <laughs> so,
0: oh, we should also mention that Beth is four or five years older than Byron. And she thinks that like, that makes her an old lady. And then yeah, people so are gonna she, make fun of him for dating an old mm-hmm. lady.
1: She's imminently turning 30. And when they met, she later discovers that he is only freshly turned 25. And so she thinks of herself as so old, <laughs> which you know I can relate. I don't know if I can relate.
0: I'm trying to think if I at 30 met someone who was 25. Mm-hmm. Um
1: Huh. I'm I in don't know. An environment where I interact with younger people. Mm. And I think of myself as being pretty much the same as them until I start to talk to them. When this message comes up while
0: they're in the middle of doing the deed, she's mm-hmm. rightfully furious. She's like, I'm done with this. This is bullshit. She gets up and leaves and she is done with Byron they are done yeah she's like you're being a clown right Mm -hmm. now yeah because byron wasn't was a rugby player like a football player a football player that's like it's rugby (sighs) it's australian rules football whatever the fuck that means
1: i think that there's a australian i'm googling um australian form of rugby okay So he played
0: some kind of professional sport. He was a big deal. He got injured. That was the end of his career and football had been his life. Mm -hmm. It was everything to him. And then it was taken away from him so quickly. His roommate still plays professionally. So he's still around that world, but he works as an electrician for his dad. And the girl who he had been with was with him during the high points of his career and then she bailed afterward and Beth tells him you're a clown she's only like keeping one foot in in case you make some big comeback which upon finishing the book
1: I don't think I agree with that tell me why because we're sort of led to believe the impression given is that Audrey ditches him when he can no longer play But as we get to know Byron better, it's kind of that he, I mean, he self-describes it as like, I was a dick to her until she left. Mm. I think he pushed her away because he was having his own problems. And obviously, like, it's heavily implied that he was having some sexual dysfunction problems Mm -hmm. too. So I don't think it was necessarily like a, a gold digging or whatever aspect. So why did his sister Sal refer to her as the cuntess because she was an elite snob and she okay. would talk about how she was related to some countess or count like distantly and so uh, the <laughs> which is a plus uh, the c word was sprinkled liberally which i think is a um like cultural thing like i think i think cunt is more frequently used in australia does the word cunt
0: bother you how do you feel about the word cunt
1: it does not bother me, but I only use it on special occasions. Mm. I think I probably use it like if
0: I had to guess, twenty percent more than you. Deanna uses it a lot.
1: Yeah, yeah, she's a liberal <laughs> cut user.
0: <laughs> a liberal cut user.
1: That's our next mug. <laughs> oh, anywho, so That's the story
0: <laughs> what. This is, I'm giving like a Meg style recap.
1: Hey, I think my practical magic one was decent.
0: Yes, yes it was.
1: Attention and praise. Thank you,
0: I thrive. So at
1: some point he does do a grovel, right? Yeah, kind of.
0: Kind of, there are several grovels.
1: There are a few grovels, yeah. Okay, so
0: they get back together. I don't even remember how. Like he comes over and she's just like,
1: penis. Yeah. And she's like no no talking. Close those beautiful lips. Yeah, he comes over to the place where she's staying temporarily to house sit mm-hmm. cuz she had to get out of is the friend named Lana or Lara, I can't remember. Lana? Think Lara? Lara. Um she had to get out of Lara's place for her own edification so mm-hmm. she's sort of like floating house sitting. Um so he shows up and I think his intention, well, his intention, he's already a little bit drunk, so it's kind of like a booty call, but then he's like, we should talk, and she's like, shh, shh, shh. No. <laughs> Don't do it. And then they they kind of get real with each other after they, you know, they get the first round of hormones knocked out. Mm-hmm. And then it's all pretty smooth sailing for a bit.
0: Yeah, they actually they're finally in a good place, they're mm-hmm. doing a couple things, and yeah. they're very happy together and then Beth gets told that her house sitting gig is going to end unexpectedly early and that she needs to get out but the owner of the home feels really bad and her sister has a property in Perth Mm -hmm. that is it a sister or friend someone has a property in Perth I think it's a sister that needs to be watched so but Perth is very far away
1: At the same time that she gets an opportunity to get a slightly higher and maybe more permanent position at the place where she's currently working. Which she
0: does not like where she's working, but this position would be less interaction with the person who makes her job miserable.
1: Right, so it's basically like when it rains at pour, she has all of these opportunities to like either continue her life where she is or to again, again. So if she goes to
0: Perth, she's going to have free rent for a while and she can focus on starting a new podcast, which we're going to get into that. Mm -hmm, (laughs) mm -hmm. We've got to. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, And then
1: Byron flips out, right? Yeah. Yeah. He he kind of does a non-reaction, like totally shuts down, thinking that like, He wasn't even listening to her but basically that okay well it's over because i don't want to do long distance and my life is here and she's just ditching me like everything ditches me Mm -hmm. um and then so he goes home after having like he he's he's sober curious right Mm -hmm. at this point like he's wanting to take a month off from drinking but he's like now fuck it tonight's (laughs) (laughs) he goes into the fridge and he's
0: just like Grabbing bottles, and then his roommate shows up and is like, You okay? (laughs) Would you like to talk? Mm -hmm. And then they talk and they hammer out some issues that they'd never talked about that they've been having for a long time. And they talk about relationships, they talk about Derek's past relationship, which is going to be the subject of book two. Right. And he lets Byron know that, you know, what do you really have here? You don't yeah. want to work for your dad as an electrician. That was never part of your plan. Like, you could just do something else somewhere else if you want to go with this girl.
1: Yeah, I think he's basically giving him the again, again, again spiel, which is mm-hmm. like, you, the life that you had, is not the life that you've got anymore. Mm-hmm. And are do you like the one you're living now? You hate this house. You don't like working for your family. You love this girl. Why couldn't you start fresh and do something mm-hmm. different? So he does a big grovel with a cookie. Yeah, it's, uh, I think, a, an assortment of cookies on which he asked them to say, like, let's begin again, again, I think, but then it, it becomes be gin. <laughs> let's be gin, <laughs> let's be
0: gin again. <laughs> which is very funny considering that Beth is sober. <laughs> but she loves it even more and the reason that he did it was because they'd watched sex in the city once, and she loved when the one black love interest that they had during the entirety of sex in the city said i love you to miranda on a cookie Uh,
1: which i absolutely love that episode because miranda like stress eats a giant cookie it's like she (laughs) needs to be out of my house (laughs) the only place to take it is inside of me but she's, uh, <laughs> that's what she said. Um, anyway, Byron, like many men she'd known, got into the show almost instantly. They kept pointing out that Steve looked like Sid the Sloth from Ice Age. And I find that so funny because I know so, there's so many women in my life who've had their male partners watch the show and then the male partners get like immediately like, super invested in it. I'm like, yeah, it is a thing. Yeah, I agree
0: that it, it's more of a thing than they probably want to admit Mm -hmm. but I think that we've talked before about I love sex in the city it was my favorite thing I was obsessed with it and I can tell you that I'm pretty sure few shows hold up as poorly (laughs) as sex in the city did it's pretty bad
1: yeah yeah Yeah.
0: so he apologizes and the book ends with them deciding to be together he it takes him some time to get to Perth but Mm -hmm. he does eventually get a job there doing something sports related some kind of coaching team development job yeah he's
1: he's getting footy money I know that Mm -hmm. (laughs) and then they've asked him to play in a charity match game yeah and she and her
0: ex-best friend dolly patch things up and they start a new podcast their first podcast had been wine wives and this Mm -hmm. one is called undrunk bitches (laughs) because (laughs) beth is sober and dolly is currently pregnant i think that's a great title Mm -hmm. (laughs) and things are just good for them and we did not talk about sal much at all i love sal
1: so much can relate to them quite a bit um they're a burlesque performer yes they're a burlesque performer struggling with a lot of the same issues that Lara and beth are also struggling with in terms of their familial relationships um figuring out what that relationship should look like when you know that they are not going to accept you mm-hmm. for who you are and who you are now
0: yeah We find out that Beth's parents kicked her out because of her podcast, because she talked about sex on it, which is fucking wild to me. Yeah,
1: that's pretty bad. I mean, like, for a long time, I didn't want my family to know about this podcast, but I don't think they would disown me for it. I mean, you know
0: that my mom has listened to the podcast.
1: Yeah, she's got a blurb on the site.
0: (laughs) She does. My mom and my sisters, um, my sister, who is the oldest younger sister I have,
1: mm-hmm.
0: she said that she was just like listening to it on her phone, on her speakers, and her boyfriend and her kid were just like sitting there and she was not interacting with them. She's just listening to the podcast and making them listen to it.
1: <laughs> oh, this is not child friendly, probably. <laughs> <laughs> they- my nephew
0: was too
1: young to
0: Okay. I don't anything we're saying?
1: So yeah, I—I I mean, I, I don't know. Are you—are you ready to move on from the recap to the I'm very
0: ready to move on from the recap because
1: we're 40 <laughs> minutes in, and I can't believe how much.
0: <laughs> it's not going to be 40 minutes into the listeners because I'm cutting like so much of this.
1: Shit. Yeah, that's good. <laughs> okay. Um, there's so much that I related to. I really related to their struggles with their families quite mm-hmm. a bit. I mean, that's something that. I have been going through kind of a mourning process of the last couple of years of like, okay, if I'm true to myself, then my relationship with my family is never going to be this ideal way that I want it to be. And that's not an easy thing to come to terms with. So there's this part I highlighted, let's see, her days of working so hard, so fruitlessly to get her parents to like her were over. She was free to cry on Christmas. She was free to do whatever she liked, which is like a little sad because it is a little sad to not Mm -hmm. have the relationship that you want with your family, but it's also kind of freeing for her. She's like letting go of those expectations, which I thought was Mm -hmm. kind of cool.
0: And she advises Sal on doing the same thing because Sal wants to start an OnlyFans and their family already has such a hard time accepting Their gender identity and the burlesque Mm -hmm. they never use the right pronouns and they freak out about the fact that she's going to start the only fans
1: right and i had oh whoa Whoa.
0: i might have said she again that they're going to start the only only fans um but they have a conversation with beth about beth tells them it it's okay to be sexual there's nothing wrong with being sexual and if that's how you want to express yourself then you should and you shouldn't worry about who is going to have a problem with it
1: yeah and i also found her like reading about her sobriety really interesting too Mm -hmm. i've read the book that
0: she mentions that she's reading while she's waiting for byron before their first date the sober lush lush Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I listened to it on audio and it had some, it's written as more stories of the two writers and their experiences while also tying it back to this is what you might experience in sobriety.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And I loved it. It talks about appreciation for art and for our spontaneous experiences and being really present with people and, cooking and taking pleasure in other senses and how alcohol often can rob you of those experiences mm-hmm. more than
1: add to them so it's like I don't know people associate sobriety with this sort of like overall abstinent living mm-hmm. but they're encouraging other forms of hedonism basically yes they can be enhanced hmm okay yeah
0: and I liked that way of framing it
1: yeah it's it feels less restrictive Mm -hmm.
0: that way because the thing that I related to the most was Beth talking about how there was a version of her that was Beth all caps with an exclamation point yes and realizing how she would have there was one part where she says that she had once been on a date where she the guy had grabbed her hand and had her touch his sleeve and he said you want to know what it's made out of oh white fried material and she says that she I'm trying to find the exact quote but she basically says that she'd had such oh she'd been so embarrassed on his behalf she drunk nine shots of whiskey oh god I can relate
1: to that me
0: too (laughs) me too I feel like I've been in social settings where I'm like God take me right now and it's just like shot 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 everybody. <laughs> yes.
1: When will death come? <laughs> mm-hmm.
0: And there're so many times when she says if if this had happened to me however long ago, I would get drunk about it.
1: Yeah. And I I can relate to that to an extent, but I don't attribute it just to my sort of altered drinking habits now. Mm-hmm. I attribute it also to my age. Mm -hmm. and I feel like the the experience of the pandemic was like a a sharp dividing line in a lot of ways where it's like yeah I maybe at one point would have reacted to this in this way but now it's I'm not coming from the same place anymore Mm -hmm.
0: this is why I liked the COVID part of the book because Beth is learning how to have this new normal
1: you know, Mm -hmm. post
0: COVID, everything is different. The way that people interact with each other is different. And the way that, and everything's heightened because, you know, we haven't been able to have these experiences for however long. So now when we go out, it's a big deal. When we meet someone, it's a big deal because it's been so long. So there's the heightened emotions of being free after being locked down and the intensity of just like, the death, all the death from COVID, like I feel it constantly. Like I think more about death than I ever have in my entire life now. Like I'm Mm -hmm. so conscious of like, he could die. She could die. They could die tomorrow. They could die right now. Like death is not like this abstract thing in the distance that is unlikely to happen. And like, you know, someone dying and a horrible car accident is extremely unlikely. Death is like present. Like Mm -hmm. my neighbor was fully vaccinated and he was here. And then he was gone. Mm -hmm. Like he went into the hospital. He was on the ventilator. They took him off the ventilator. It seemed like he was getting better. A few days later he was dead. Mm -hmm. So there were all these heightened emotions post COVID for Beth and meeting someone new and actually feeling her feelings for the first time in a long time which is some shit yeah yeah (laughs) yeah if you've ever taken any kind of break from drinking you realize oh I have been truly numbing my emotions and they are I know why I did that because they suck Mm
1: -hmm. yeah and not even from my experience not even just drinking there are tons of ways that I distract and numb myself versus sitting with my discomfort so it's Mm -hmm. uh it is not easy (laughs) you say all the
0: time I I'm gonna dissociate right now um I (laughs) dissociated yes
1: I do I'm not quitting that yeah (laughs) like when there's an extremely uncomfortable social situation I'm like dissociate with me
0: (laughs) we'll land again
1: when this is over (laughs)
0: So do you want to keep talking about things we liked or do you have grievances you want to get out?
1: My big thing that I will say that I both liked and is a grievance. It's a double, which mm-hmm. I feel like a lot of things in life are. We're just going there this episode. Mm-hmm. Yes. Mm-hmm. Life is all about duality. <laughs> <laughs> um, had to do with the pacing. I think that there were uh, several times where we skipped ahead in time a little bit and then had to sort of fill in the blanks. And I think that was really interesting. It, you know, created some like mystery that, you know, like, Oh, well, what happened? How did that resolve? And then we find out later as we keep reading, um, it did throw me off a, a little bit each time. I'm like, what well, did I miss something? Um, so I both enjoyed that because it's something that's a little bit unusual and and different, but it also confused, did me a confuse a little bit. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, I get that. I think the moment where that was most obvious to me was after the baby over the speakers. Yeah. yeah. There, where it's like, did I miss something? Like, is Byron dreaming this, that they're together? Because yes. he fucked up that badly that he hasn't seen Beth in weeks. mm mm-hmm. um, So I totally get that. My, Do you have some grievances? My grievances byron yeah
1: my grievance. you tell is- okay <laughs> so-, so wait is he your grievance and your worst half he's my worst half
0: he he's definitely the worst half <laughs> okay. he's definitely the worst half but he's not irredeemable so here is how beth described him in chapter two he was such an odd blend of things polite like someone older sharp like a law student chilled like a surfer dressed like a tradie, jacked like a superhero, beautiful as a cologne ad. There was a peachiness to his tan skin that made her feel seedy. She wanted some interesting forehead wrinkles, some smile lines, some evidence he wasn't that much younger than her. And it just kind of felt like I didn't get all that from him from their first interactions. And I don't know if I was meant to. I don't know if she was just projecting that. I mean- and she refers to him later. How much of a lady killer was Byron when he was on four? A mass murderer, she gets. Like, yeah, I get it. The guy's hot and he has a nice house. And she was impressed by the fact like, oh, he has like actual art. And, you know, he doesn't have dirty laundry everywhere. Like he seems to have his shit together. But again, that is such a low bar to clear.
1: If the measuring stick though is Derek Hardman, at least the version of him that we get to see during this book then he is on a different level than Derek, right? Pray tell, what is so bad about Derek? What am I missing? After they have their conversation, really nothing. But up until that point, you know, he was just kind of an aloof, vaguely menacing presence. I was kind of hoping that Derek and Sal would get together me too or my first impression was that some they had gotten together in the past and then she'd been or they'd been burned by him.
0: um I was getting like potential enemies to lovers vibes from
1: them but you know Sal seems pretty devoted to Klaus I completely forgot about Klaus (laughs) well I don't think he actually appears like I don't think we see him or he speaks he's just spoken of Mm -hmm. hmm
0: yeah, I would love to see more about Sal because they are interesting and sexy and funny and yeah, very much so. uninhibited. Very much things that I would love to be to make cool t-shirts.
1: Mm-hmm. Um, I mean Byron does have an interesting way of relating to the world and uh, mm-hmm. their people. Like it's unique, and I think that she admires him beth admires him in a lot of ways because of the ways that he's different from her
0: Mm -hmm.
1: which i think is you know kind of a a common feeling to have amongst like people who love each other right
0: Mm -hmm. pause because i want to find a few like byron specific quotes that were things that i did like about him okay so talking about byron's viewpoint of life one thing he says is everything's a scam you just have to decide what scams you want to buy into
1: he also i feel like sees beth in a way that she's not used to being seen mm-hmm. in the sense that like he can tell when she's trying to talk too much to you know avoid some discomfort or like being real about something and he's like i'd rather you just be honest with me mm-hmm. They have an interesting conversation
0: where Beth tells him, you don't strike me as someone who pretends very well. Mm -hmm. And he's like, of course I do. And she says, really? I thought you were like better than that. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I like to be better than that. He corrected. Going along to get along makes life easier sometimes. Beth stared up at him, fascinated. So what does your perfect world look like? Byron's gaze fixed on the empty stage. We only talk when we have something to say. We stop trying to understand what other people want or change how they feel. We just chill out and do our own shit, go to the beach, but that's mega impossible. Too hard. You'd have to change the whole world. So I get that, like, he does have an interesting stoicism that I enjoy. Or mm-hmm. he just wishes that people would pretend less. Mm-hmm. So I can see why she likes him. Also, he... um is really into talking about going down on her and tells her to sit on his face. <laughs> and I like that.
1: Yeah. <laughs> I like that a lot. I feel like, so we, we can pretty much agree that he's the worst half. Mm-hmm. Um, you are, What I'm hearing from you, you can tell me if mm-hmm. I'm misreading this, is just that the things that are supposed to make him so great to Beth, you aren't exactly seeing not in the beginning
0: i feel like in the beginning beth was projecting onto him like i was not getting all those things from him toward the end of the book yeah i totally could meg is making a braided beard of her hair right now and it's very distracting sorry (laughs) (laughs) um yeah so he was all those things eventually eventually we saw them but I didn't get that from their first interaction their first interaction to me it seemed like he was just quiet and drunk and trying to be cool and kind of nagging her
1: yeah trying to be like aloof aloof yeah. douche.
0: yeah an aloof douche and <laughs> later he was more earnest yeah seeing how much he cared about his sister mm-hmm. was really nice understanding that he he didn't know who to be without football and he felt like he didn't know who to be around people in his life like Derek and how he felt like this kind of burden and the hints of him dealing with sexual dysfunction Mm -hmm. he just had a lot that he was dealing with that he didn't quite know how to
1: yeah. And so I have to cut him a little bit of slack there, mm-hmm. but I, and I also had to remind myself like, okay, 25 was a bit ago. I was a very different person at 25 mm-hmm. than I am now because I was like, what the fuck is up with him? Like not wanting to, I don't know, be forthright with her and mm-hmm. like really do this thing. Like he obviously likes her. I'm like, what's the fucking deal here? It was making me really mad. Yeah. Which totally. for me is like the reason he's the worst half, but, um, I do, I still like him. I'm mm-hmm. cutting him some slack in that way. Okay. What else so have we got? Is Sal your honorable sizzle then? Naturally? Yes. Naturally. It's Sal. How about you? Also Sal, but I have an anti-honorable sizzle. I have someone Ooh. that I would like to see disappear. Who's that? That's Lara. Oh, okay. Why? We do not stand Lara in this household it just felt like she
0: wasn't necessary but like what made her just her invasion of privacy and Uh, entitlement
1: yes yeah her like coming into Beth's room while she's having a private moment to herself first of all you fucking knock Mm-hmm. letting making her strong arming Beth into going to her family her shitty family Christmas oh my gosh where her parents then say that Beth is mooching and freeloading even though Beth pays rent I'm just like no no fuck this and then she also kind of tries to shame her for like getting out there and and you know getting her slut on which like she absolutely was well, the right was, to do
0: at first she was very encouraging of the slut on she didn't like Byron.
1: right yeah and then just like kind of subtly passive-aggressively digging at her for having a different life mm-hmm. than, than Lara has but also at the same time being like a little bit passive-aggressively jealous mm-hmm. that's my that's my anti-honorable sizzle my honorable wet blanket honorable wet blanket i like
0: that do you have any readable scenes that particularly stand out to you? Oh, I have a lot of, so I'm going through my highlights right now. So mm-hmm. yes, I have a lot. I loved anything that was Beth's, And again, this is very similar to how I write, which is a lot of the character thinking and processing and the mm-hmm. narrator giving us that. Um, here, Here's one about the sex in particular. People were animals. She was an animal, a hairless ape with an iPhone, pretending to care about stuff until a hot guy came along so she could drop everything to fuck him. (laughs) I have to say the sex scenes were
1: Mm, Very good. Mm -hmm.
0: There was nothing adorable about this Beth with her hard eyes and bared teeth. She looked mean, furious. She remembered what she said about having zero self-preservation. That hadn't been a joke right now he was sure she'd explode everything between them for a chance at hurting him like he'd hurt her so really like a lot of like any time that they were either connecting or just pulling apart mm-hmm. I would consider rereadable because the there's so many romance novels where I feel like the progression is pretty linear mm. for the couple until the black moment mm-hmm but with them, there are so many false starts and that feels more realistic. And that's something that I've been dealing with again in my writing, where I feel like what is the conflict with this couple? Like, it doesn't seem like there's a clear conflict to work through mm-hmm. when really the conflict is these are two people who don't know what they want and what, how to say what they want. And they're just like reacting to each other as they go. And there are like lots of bumps in the road.
1: Right. Right. So it
0: was refreshing to read something like that. Um, All of the writing was beautiful. I can't sit here and just read all of it.
1: But yeah, I highlighted so many things. And I'm not a big highlighter. So I'm I'm a big ebook highlighter. I've realized. Yeah, I'm very much not. And I just I highlighted so so much of it that spoke to me. But Mm. um, let's see. I, I think I love the billabong scene. Mm -hmm. they obviously it's like meaningful because they finally have the one night stand Mm -hmm. they've been trying to for multiple dates now but they also reach a new level of like personal intimacy with each other as far as Byron starts to talk about football and she sees like a little of like the pain that he's holding and the Mm -hmm. anger he's holding from that um they're kind of learning how to speak to each other how to communicate with each other which I I don't feel like we get a lot of that in romance either where, cause in real life, yes, I have had to learn how best to communicate with Mr. Meg. Mm -hmm. It wasn't just like this intuitive, natural thing where like, you know how to reach each other on their level necessarily. So I appreciated that she was like, okay, I can tell, like, if I keep pushing him on this, he's just going to lock down. Mm -hmm. So learning how to, to communicate with each other. And he, you know, Apologized for being kind of brusque at times, Mm -hmm. and that I think because it was such a milestone in their relationship, that made it extra disappointing when that text came through in the car. Which I think was good because you know I was I was on the emotional roller coaster with them. Mm -hmm. That's my scene. Okay, so you're always so good at this. How about fan casting?
0: uh I had a hard time with this one. Uh so I think because she's from New Zealand I just pictured Rose McIver the whole time. Rose McIver. Mhm. Nick. From the I Christmas had- Prince franchise. Uh I had no idea she was from Auckland. Yes, she's from Auckland. She was in iZombie. She's very talented. Um again keeping with tradition as CW actress. And I kind of pictured, even though he doesn't fit the description at all, but I in the role that I've seen him in, he kind of acts like Byron. Mm-hmm. Michael Vlamis from oh. Roswell, New Mexico. You love him. I do love him. What <laughs> else have I mentioned him in?
1: He's, a lot he's, of things.
0: <laughs> he's, he's just a cutie patootie with his curly <laughs> hair and his scruff. But really, my real fan cast for Byron is that guy in the video I sent you that was going around Twitter, who was Australian and apparently a former football player or rugby player or something. And he was helping a Ram that was stuck in a barbed wire fence. And he like pulled the Ram by its horns out and then subdued the Ram gently (laughs) turned the Ram onto his back was like, you know,
1: he can subdue me gently.
0: Yes, he was gently <laughs> subduing the ram and then I was like, okay. So, and then he grabs in one massive hand, the legs, the ankles, yes, the and then back another, legs. the front the legs. Horns. And he... <laughs> swings the ram over the fence and the ram goes off to freedom
1: it fucks right off yes.
0: and, and yeah in the threads it talks about how he he's like a well-known former athlete football player mm-hmm. and I'm like this is fucking Byron like it's even in the same in Australia or New Zealand or one of those places
1: oh man people are gonna be mad that you're one of those places in those two places responding to a text about if I want food
0: um yes I just okay no I don't say one of those places because I don't know the difference even though I don't know the difference I say it because I can't remember if he was from New Zealand or Australia but I just remember thinking that there was something that made it feel connected to this book
1: I think that your Rose McIver casting is absolutely perfect because she would look good with red hair Mm -hmm. which is a big part about Beth but another big part about Beth is that she's skinny with enormous tits (laughs) does Rose McIver have enormous tits they're not small I know she's got kind of an ass yeah so I I stand that casting and my other casting is totally off the wall someone who's not even an actor and is also not from australia gus kenworthy you know who i'm talking about Mm-mm, googling he's a british american skier he's an olympian he's also gay but i don't care he looks the part for me he's a oh girl. i see it i yeah. see it
0: yeah is he, he the tattooed one in these Um, out magazine pictures
1: yes he's tattooed okay yeah oh yeah he's hot i know yeah yeah i sure is so that that's who i (laughs) imagine you have anyone else besides him
0: i mean any other fan casts oh any characters yeah Mm -hmm. i really wanted to find someone for sal however i i could find a lot of afab trans Mm actresses or a yes i could find trans people but i could not find someone who was afab and identifies as non-binary who i've who i've seen in anything so
1: i kept picturing sal as like a young (laughs) shenanigan because doesn't sal have a buzz head yeah but and is like also strikingly beautiful so really the only afab non-binary
0: actor who i know of for sure is ruby rose and i feel like she doesn't fit they don't fit Mm -hmm. the part at all well ruby uses she her pronouns i'm pretty sure
1: well yeah that that's all i only have name. so i heard that you have a recipe i have a few recipes
0: so because Beth is sober, I wanted to come up with some mocktails. And my go to mocktail is always a Shirley Temple. Love What's in a Shirley, Shirley temple. temple?
1: Grenadine and mm-hmm. Sprite. Yeah.
0: Right. <laughs> oh yeah. Grenadine and Sprite. You bring <laughs> a little extra sugar in your sugar. Mm-hmm. So, what I did was I made a spiced simple syrup mm-hmm. that was super easy and that you could use in a few different ways. So I did um, just sugar, water, a cinnamon stick, star anise, sprinkled some dried ginger powder and took out the solids and then used that in tonic water. Mm -hmm. So that's really nice. Uh, I think that it would be good with black tea. So reminiscent of Beth on their first day asking him to make her some tea. Mm -hmm. uh you could ice the tea for a more refreshing version and then like I did a weird thing where I was like I want to put this in rice milk so I put it in rice Mm. milk and it's like vaguely reminiscent of orchata. but then I like I went down this rabbit hole of star wars blue milk holy moly and figuring out like what's in the one that they serve at the galaxy's edge park (laughs) and um Is is it pea flour? It. I don't think it's pea flour. It sounds like it's pineappley, citrusy, maybe. So mm-hmm. I made the like orchata esque base, and then I was looking for blue fruit punch. And what I found was one of those mio water enhancer things. Yeah, it was like the some only. Yeah, it was the only blue fruit punch that was in stock. So I squirted some of that into the fake orchata, and it was pretty good. Like the spice <laughs> and the. And the citrus worked really well. So, um, and my last thing is if you want something that gives you the feeling of putting some hair on your chest, the way that whiskey does, but you don't want to drink, then you should try my lazy firesider recipe. Mm. So fire cider is a old remedy that involves putting a bunch of spicy things and horseradish and apple a cider it's a witch's brew and it needs to steep for quite a while and as you know Meg I've been having insane sinus issues for months so I did not have time to wait to steep something so I have this really spicy instant ginger tea that's just ginger extract crystals and honey. And to that, I add apple cider vinegar and frozen garlic and honey and lemon juice and cayenne and turmeric and drink it as a tea. And it is absolutely incredible. And Eric said, I would make ramen with this. I Mm. would use this as a broth, which is an interesting idea. If you omitted the honey because the tea is, pretty sweet on its own I could definitely see you doing that and it's comforting and really really strong so if you feel like you know knocking something back that knocks you back I would do that yeah
1: I know that there's a few stores where we live where you can purchase fire cider oh Um, yeah and I I made it where it had to steep for I don't know, a couple of weeks. Mm -hmm. And I had like black, I had all the stuff that you said, plus black pepper corns and like habaneros, and it was not sweet at all. And so I would use it as a salad dressing Mm. too. Interesting. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Because you're only supposed to drink it like a little bit at a time, like a shot of fire cider.
1: Yeah. A shot or like a spoonful because it's so acidic and it can, will obviously be hard on your stomach, but also hard on your Mm -hmm. teeth. Yeah. But it is like, it'll clear sinuses. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So So I have a couple of mocktails too. Mm -hmm. What were you finished? Mm -hmm. Okay. So I recently um, found this brand of cocktail mixer, which you're familiar with Mm -hmm. called Modica. And there are two that I've tried so far. One is the cucumber aloe margarita and the other is a turmeric ginger mule and they can be mixed with alcohol, but they are so deliciously flavored and like very potent that I just mix them with club soda and maybe like a fresh squeeze of orange juice or a fresh squeeze of lime juice and they are absolutely delicious. And it's like, um, it has enough depth of flavor, like a little bit of savoriness to it that I don't feel like I'm just drinking a soda It kind of scratches mm-hmm. the itch of like having something a little bit stronger. Yeah. It's, you know, no alcohol. Um, so I believe that you can order f- online from them and each of the bottles is like 12 ish, 13 ish dollars. But I, I've been drinking them a lot and I have not finished a bottle yet. So yeah. They're um, a good size. Yeah. And I think the, they advertise it can make up to 10 drinks. But that's if you do equal parts club soda in the mix, which I think would be too intense. Mm-hmm. So I only do like a shot of this mixer in with the club soda and it's delish.
0: I thought about going and picking up some seed lip today because I've always wanted to try mm. it. But it's just like me too. It's $32 and I would right. have had to leave my house and drive further than my local Target. So it was unappealing. unappealing. <laughs> okay yay I don't have any of my tarot cards near me and I also feel like we have talked so much already and like they had such a rough go of them I don't even want to look into their future I want I just want to assume that they're happy
1: yeah let's just let's just assume that everything continues as it does in the epilogue yes they're happy happy joy joy punky dory
0: and we'll see them again in the next book which I think that I'll read
1: it same I mean yeah. I really I mean I know we had a lot of like nitpicking about this but we really only do that when we actually like really love a book and got into it yeah so I feel like we nitpick the
0: the characters yeah more than yeah. anything because we we see them failing at, at
1: yeah. being and their seem, best selves which is the point yeah yeah and they seem real in a lot of ways mm-hmm. so yeah for sure
0: I think that's it.
1: Yeah, that's it. (laughs) We,
0: we, we haven't done a
1: long recording
0: in a while. (laughs) This this was, this was a little chaotic. So if you're still here, thank you for listening. You can find us everywhere at makeoutalreadypod.com. All our socials are going to be linked. Meg is doing her customary making faces at the camera while I'm trying to like I wasn't even...
1: you weren't why were you leaning so close to the camera i was scratching my ankle oh okay <laughs> anyway oh. it was
0: very distracting and i Sorry. didn't appreciate it and we have merch which is linked on our website and we'll include it here we have lots of cute stuff so oh my gosh, check it so out cute. support us and we have affiliate links so if you Want to give us a little extra support without it costing you anything extra, and you want to get any of the books we talk about or any book, you can
1: click on those links and go to the Ripped Bodice to purchase.
0: I can't wait for the day that we do our pilgrimage to the Ripped Bodice. Oh my god, we're gonna have to document it step by step. Yes, I I can't wait for that. Pilgrimage,
1: (laughs) that's our mecca.
0: Yes, very much so. So, until next time, air kisses.